Hi there and welcome to episode 181 of the Writing Guy podcast. I'm Scott Keyes of the Writing Guy, helping smart professionals to find their voice, write human and change the world with their words. So a man who did change the world, um, certainly changed the world imaginatively and imaginally, um, was the great J.R.R. Tolkien, um, John Ronald Royal uh, Rule, I think you pronounce it, Tolkien, um, who on this day, 2nd of September in 1973, uh, died at the age of 81 uh, as the Oxford scholar, an Oxford scholar of medieval, of medieval English. Um, and my book says that he will be remembered for the story he wrote for his children about the adventures of Bilbo Baggins, a furry-footed hobbit who lived in a borough in the Shire, a bucolic idyll of Anglo-Saxon Britain. You know, as we know, the tale grew into a saga of warriors and wizards, elves, demons, trolls and goblins, locked in an awesome struggle of good and evil with the fate of Middle-earth hanging on a lost ring, the ring of the chillingly evil Dark Lord Sauron, um, of course, you know, Lord of the Rings, which was published in 1955. Um, and I think we can safely say that Tolkien single-handedly created a new literary genre known as high fantasy, um, an incredible man, and just... Uh, looking at the Wikipedia entry for him, um, a few words about his family. Um, he was originally the Tolkien's hailed from East Prussia um, and, um, and then emigrated to... Uh, in fact, he was born in South Africa in 1892 in Bloemfontein in the Orange Free State. And... Um, uh, at the age of three, he and his family, uh, leaving behind his father, he and his family came to the UK, came to um, the Birmingham area, and sadly, aged only three, his father died in South Africa of rheumatic fever, uh, which was obviously pretty shocking. And then he lost his, his mother, uh, Mabel, uh, only at the age of 12, so effectively orphaned. At a pretty at a pretty young age, he had a brother called Hillary, uh, who we understand he was close to, and his mother was a very um, strong influence in his childhood. Um, she Mabel Tolkien taught uh, both her sons at home, and Ronald, as he was known in the family, was a keen pupil. She taught him a great deal of botany, um, as well as uh, Latin. Apparently, he took to, to, to Latin very early on. And what have I always said, even though it's a dead language? You know, I attribute my love for uh, the English language and languages generally to Latin under the tutelage of the great Christopher Trevor Roberts because it's such an ordered and regimented and well-structured language. It teaches you the building blocks of, of language. So I, I think... Um, while I didn't study the, Latin, the, the classic Latin uh, writers, I did study the language, and it was 
really seminal in terms of, of influencing my love of my own language. Um, do, 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 what, what then? What's interesting in his early teens, um, and showing his sort of his early imagination, he he constructed, he developed a, a constructed language. Um, in fact, an invention of his cousins called animalic. Uh, and at that time he was studying Latin and Anglo-Saxon. Um, their interest in animalic soon died away, but Mary and others, one of his cousins, including Tolkien himself, invented a new and more complex language called Nevbosch. Nevbosch. Uh, and then the next constructed language he came to work with was Nafarin, uh, and that was his own creation. He also learnt Esperanto sometime before 1909. Um, uh, he, he was born, just to be clear, in 1892 in South Africa. Um, so he, you know, he showed an interest in languages very, very early on. Uh, what else? He went on a summer holiday into Switzerland, uh, a trip that he, re- he recalls vividly in a letter. Um, noting that Bilbo Baggins's journey across the Misty Mountains is directly based on his adventures as their party of twelve hiked from Interlaken to Lauterbrunnen. Uh, romantically as well, um, so he studied at Exeter College, Oxford, um, initially studied classics but changed his course in 1913 to English language and literature and graduated with a first-class degree. Interestingly, in terms of his romantic engagements, at the tender age of 16, Tolkien met, met somebody called Edith Mary Bratt, who was, who was three years older than him, um, when he and his brother Hilary moved into a boarding house where she lived in Duchess Road, Edgebaston, in the Birmingham area. And they fell in love. They, they, it's very, it's, it paints a very sweet picture. Edith and Ronald, i.e. Tolkien, took to frequenting Birmingham tea shops, especially one which had a balcony overlooking the pavement. There they would sit and throw sugar lumps into the hats of passers-by, moving to the next table when the sugar bowl was, was empty. With two people of their personalities and in their position, romance was bound to flourish. Both were orphans in need of affection, and they found that they could give it to each other. In the summer of 1909, they decided they, they were in love. However, the union was condemned by his um, guardian, Father Morgan, um, who considered it altogether unfortunate that his surrogate son was romantically involved with an older Protestant woman. So Mor- Father Morgan uh, prohibited him from meeting or even talking to Edith until he was 21. And because of his respect to his guardian father, he obeyed this prohibition to the letter. But on the evening of his 21st birthday, Tolkien wrote to Edith, who was living with uh, friends at Cheltenham, and he declared that he'd never ceased to love her and asked her to marry him. Tragically, or Possibly tragically, Edith replied she had already accepted the proposal of another man, a George Field, the brother of one of her closest school friends. 
but she said she'd only agreed to marry him because she felt she'd been left on the shelf and had begun to doubt that Tolkien still cared for her. She explained that because of Tolkien's letter, everything had changed. And they met romantically. Tolkien travelled to train by, by train to Cheltenham. And they met on the platform on the 8th of January 1913. Took a walk in the countryside and talked. And by the end of the day, Edith had agreed to accept Tolkien's proposal. She uh, broke off her engagement with George Field. Um, and obviously the Field family was insulted and angry. Um, and Jessup, whoever he is or she is, anyway, somebody said, I have nothing to say against Tolkien. He is a cultured gentleman, but his prospects are poor in the extreme. And when he will be in a position to marry, I cannot imagine. Had he adopted a profession, it would have been different. Little did they know how incredibly successful Tolkien would be. So never say never. Never write anybody off, as long as they have breath in their body. Um, so they were engaged to marry in January 13 and married in Warwick on the 22nd of March 1916. Um, and Tolkien says in, in a letter to Michael, whoever Michael was, maybe a cousin, Tolkien expressed admiration for his wife's willingness to marry a man with no job, little money, and no prospects except the likelihood of being killed in the Great War. So Tolkien did fight in the Great War. He fought at the Battle of the Somme um, as a second lieutenant in the Lancashire Fusiliers. Uh, where else did he fight? Um, yeah. So he fought at the, at the Somme. He participated in the assaults on the Schwaben Redoubt, whatever that was. Um, and uh, many of the men that he led were killed on the first day of the Somme. Uh, Tolkien's battalion was almost completely wiped out following his return to England. So... Uh, listen, we're over the 10 minute mark, so if you don't mind, I'm going to stop it there. But I hope that's um, given you a sort of sense of an incredible man who's in love with the English language and the Anglo-Saxon origins of his language and with Latin and inventing languages and obviously had an imagination, a boundless imagination. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow for episode 182. Thanks a lot. Bye now.